0: It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show.
1: Hello everyone. We're coming at you live. Live from a previously recorded podcast. Not really live, but we're in like Studio
2: <laughs> B. Yeah, studio whatever, different different studio. This is... A.K.A.
1: my office. We're downstairs instead of upstairs. Yeah,
2: which is kind of like we began. We were in my office back in the beginning. Oh, Remember man. that?
1: Very beginning. Yeah,
2: way, way, way back in the day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah things, have, things have changed. We're actually going to talk about that today.
1: Yeah, things, things have changed. So David and I were reflecting. Uh, we've been doing the podcast for 10 years. Uh, now, granted, we haven't been doing it necessarily consistently right. every week There have for been 10 some years. breaks
2: in there, some time off. Uh,
1: for example... This like po- now. Yeah. For example, <laughs> now, uh, this, this episode is dropping uh, like 10 months after our previous one. With uh, Paul Balash, which uh, I was telling David, I still think that two-part episode we did with Paul Balash might be one of my all-time favorite episodes right. and interviews that we've ever done. That yeah, was
2: that's pretty epic. It was hard pretty, to hard to get better than Paul Balash. Yeah, I think. in my opinion, I think he's a, like top top cream of the crop. Doesn't he, get any better than that. He's for top worship tier. World.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of both uh, his influence. Uh, in terms of Paul shaping kind of the worship uh, world, and then even in terms of um, his relevance now. I mean, I think he's still putting out songs that are ministering to the church. Anyway, but... And write, co-writing, writing yeah, yeah. with people. Oh, that, yeah, Prolific writer, yeah. has written hundreds and hundreds of songs. But we're not necessarily here to talk about Paul, although you definitely should go back and right. listen yeah. to, uh, what will that be, 196, 197? Yep. All right. So uh, stop what you're doing now.
2: Go listen to the real guy, the real Stop listening
1: to us, man. No, we're here uh, because a lot has happened in the 10 years that David and I have been recording. And like I was saying, uh, we haven't necessarily been recording nonstop for 10 years, but this is episode 198. I mean... That's,
2: yeah, that's, I think that says something. That's significant. I think that's, that's brag-worthy. Yeah, that's
1: significant.
2: Um, there aren't very many podcasts that make it. I mean, there's more podcasts now. Mm-hmm. But you think about it. I mean, for when we started, there were almost no podcasts.
1: 2008. 2008. 2008 was... How has the world
2: changed in 10 years? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, ridiculous. yeah.
1: So we want to, uh, today, for this episode, just kind of reflect on 10 years, right?
2: yeah so if you don't know we will just give you a heads up. We're going to be straightforward yep. we' we're, we're this these are three episodes of transition. These are transitional episodes so We're handing off the podcast to our good friend, longtime friend Joe, Joe. Brookhouse. Joe. and uh, now, I was thinking about it. Probably some of the people are thinking, why would you hand it off to him because he was the guy that we were doing those joke calls with and he was being all negative? Right. like why were you but that was all that was all staged. That it was, was all, all fun fake.
1: It was all uh, fun.
2: Joe has Joe has been uh, been awesome all throughout the years and and frequency.fm love love uh, what they do. So so he's he's going to be taking it and, and working with a, another worship leader and um, but so we thought what we would do since since this was our podcast Yep. Since this was a thing we did together for 10 years, yep. we'd spent some time reflecting, yeah. kind of rem- remembering where we were, what things were like. Yep. Might be able to have some fun with that. What things were like in 2008 when we started, May of 2008, when we started this
1: podcast. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yeah, so over the next couple episodes, we're kind of marching our way to episode 200. Uh, and 200. 200, that sounds legit. And 200 kind of that will be our official Last. Uh, handoff. Yeah, yeah. But over these next few episodes, you know, we might get a little reflective. We might get a little nostalgic. Might shed a few tears. Right.
2: Yeah. That's just for our benefit. Maybe more than anyone else's. <laughs> yeah, but just <laughs> for us to bring this to closure. Yeah, for us. we're we're doing some closure because
1: after <laughs> 10 years and after almost you know essentially 200 episodes. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there.
2: Well, so let's let's start there because you are you are a great example in this because you have been in the same place for ten years. <laughs> I have for twelve years, twelve and a half yeah. years. Yeah. But like the whole duration of this podcast, you've been at Laurelwood. I yeah. Which how many people listening to the podcast could say that?
1: I I Myself, don't know. Can't say that. <laughs> David, David cannot <laughs> raise his hand.
2: I cannot raise my hand. I did, but that's yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's a thing that I'm I'm really grateful for and thankful for. Mm-hmm. And Laurelwood has been a great fit for me. Um, you know, what I recognize just being being in the position I've been in uh, at Laurelwood for twelve plus years. I'm going on thirteen mm-hmm. years now. You know, I I realize and recognize it, it doesn't always work that way. Right. And and things oftentimes just don't work out for one reason or another. And I imagine many people listening, you know, David, I know you've experienced some of that where you're in a place and it seems like a fit and and things just don't like, and it's not your fault. It's not their fault. It's just, sometimes things don't work. Sometimes they don't fit. Uh, Sometimes you have a different calling. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm really, uh, I I think you're a great example, David, of someone who experienced a calling in worship ministry to go do more of a a lead pastor thing. And that, that's something that I'm actually kind of aspiring to now at this season in my life uh, of ministry where I'm starting to think more about what it might be to be a lead pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you kind of took that calling seriously a number of years ago, uh, and and you've been doing great stuff here at 6 Eight Church. But, um, you know, I, all, all I'm getting at is— you know if, if I think back over the 10 years of this podcast, yeah I have been consistently at the same place by the grace of God uh, but um, for those who have listened for 10 years or maybe you're listening now for the first time, uh, you know I just want to recognize it is it, not, I, how do I say this? I'm not faulting anyone, right. you know, uh, for not being at the same place. Like right. I'm not, I'm not looking down on you, David, or anyone who hasn't been at the same place.
2: Right, but I, but I do think it's worth talking about, um, because the for one, the longer I am a senior pastor, the more I appreciate faithfulness. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> not just like not just um, from you know worship leaders or people serving in ministry, but like the the uh grit i guess that mm. it takes to stay perseverance yeah perseverance and um and and that's i think that's something worth worth spending a little bit of time on it and yeah. talking about, and especially—so the average tenure, I, I think we've talked about this, for a youth pastor is something like 17 months.
1: Yeah, that's short.
2: Average tenure for a senior pastor is something like 33, 34 months, I think, something along those lines. I don't know about worship leaders, but I know from my experience, worship leaders bounce quite a bit. Yeah, they can. Um And so— so how do we cuz I mean part of what we do is as the Church of Jesus is we stand in contrast to the way the world operates. So how do we I mean how do we how do we stay faithful mm. even because let me explain from my own shortcomings. I I was I was too proud and too arrogant for some of the, for some of the places I worked at. I I had I was convinced I knew the right way to do things. Mm. Um and And people just needed to listen to me <laughs> and uh now that I sit in the senior pastor role almost six years now, I know there's there 's a lot more to this job than than you think. look from the outside looking in and um but when you're you know when you 're in worship ministry and you 're up on stage every Sunday with the senior pastor and and you're you're gaining the influence and appreciation of the body and so on and so forth and you all you hear is kind of the years of appreciation you hear some criticism we've talked about that mm-hmm. it's nothing like i've heard though that you re- nothing like the pain you feel in a in a senior role mm. and, um but you know we start to think maybe a little more highly of ourselves than we ought and um that's what i that's one of the things looking back on on my time as a worship pastor from longview all the way through gateway and it just you know my i was i was i was arrogant you know i thought i thought i you know i just needed to be allowed to do what i knew how to do and no one would let me do it you know mm. <laughs> but uh really i should have been much more gracious and humble and and, and i should have been much more um you know servant minded and adaptive and, and working hard to adapt to and serve the 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 pastors and the church that i was working at instead of Trying to make the church adapt to me and my thoughts of what it was supposed to be as a worship pastor.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's a that's a great point, David, and, and something that you know maybe I'm naturally good at. Uh, <laughs> it sounds funny. I was going to say, you know, maybe I'm naturally humble, which is a very unhumble <laughs> thing to say. Um, <laughs> But I would agree with that, though. Yeah. You're naturally humble. Well, and, and I think I think that's been helpful for me in my role as a worship pastor, you know, now 12 plus years where um, there there's times where, you know, I submit to leadership, whether that's Mike, our senior pastor or the elders or, you know, d- just kind of giving deference to certain people and saying, um, I mean you know even to the extreme not often but at times you know the the prototypical uh older lady who you know I just want I just want a him and you know and and not not saying that I how am I wording this not not that I'm necessarily um doing things for people but you know recognizing there's some value again mm-hmm. giving deference to to people who Maybe uh, are are older and you know supposedly wiser, mm-hmm. and you know just being able, like you said, to be a servant. So I, I think that's something that has helped me uh, as I reflect and look back over these ten years of podcasting and in my time. One of the consistent things uh, that has helped me at Laurelwood is just kind of yeah being humble about stuff and and submissive even at right. times.
2: Yeah. Yeah and and that's you know for young worship leaders especially who might be here in this episode um there's a lot to learn there i mean that's a that's something i think if we have more of that in the church mm. and if and maybe you know on our way out we can kind of encourage that a little bit more you know i think that would be you know if if one person even just said you know i heard that podcast and it kind of made me think about my whole approach, instead. You know, because I'm a driver. You know, like I yeah, like. You're to drive. Yeah, you're an activator. You want to
1: get it going. Yeah, get it going. And,
2: and that's something that God has confronted me on just this last couple of months, uh. um, and the effects that that's probably having on our church. Where I'm just always driving, 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 driving. Well, what about the? You know, what about? caring and shepherding for the people and and really really listening and, and doing what what they need as opposed to trying always to get people to do what i want you know and yeah. um so but but you know we kind of jumped into the real serious but there there's some probably fun things we could point out that we could as, as we reflect over the ten, last 10, ten years.
1: years of podcasting yeah. you know a fun thing i i remember i think you do too mm-hmm. um so over over by my church, Laurelwood, uh, there is a Red Robin hamburger mm-hmm. place, and I remember you reaching out to me, kind of. I mean, not out of the blue, but just like, hey, let let's get together for lunch. Yeah. Um. And when you walk through the double doors, uh, there's a couple of little booths on the right that just seat two people. You know, it's just like uh, it's a you know, one person looking across from another person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, I still remember it was the third one, uh, on the right hand side. Um, I sat facing the door, you sat facing the uh, rest of the restaurant and you kind of pitched me this idea <laughs> of doing a podcast. Yeah. And I was slightly familiar with podcasts cause I, you know, I had an iPod, right. Uh, see iPod, <laughs>
2: iPod. Yeah. We got <laughs> to just... talk about that for a minute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. This just shows, <laughs> How long ago it was? Yeah, I remember it. Um, I was so uh, Melanie for my birthday in two thousand six. Maybe it was two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. She gave me a. Get ready for it. Sixty four gig. <gasps> ipod which at the time was the largest ipod but that that had the
2: solid state memory in it right not just like so i got the 80 gig but it has the drive you know and Uh, oh no no no
1: mine had a drive on it too it was not solid state okay yeah mine had a drive yeah you could actually kind of hear it uh, spinning around yeah um so at the time 64 gigs you know and and the big thing was like you can hold up to ten thousand songs right up to so, 10,000 kids songs. these days.
2: They, they, don't, they don't have any idea what we went through. <laughs> See, like back in the day, you know, it's all right now, it's all on your phone. You just subscribe to a podcast, yeah. it's all right there on your phone. We had to go and we had to, we had to, to hook it. up the iPod to, to our it. computer. <laughs> you had to sync it. You had to yeah. Just, yeah.
1: yeah, I would. I, and I would constantly have my iPod uh, plugged into the little charger on my computer so that it could sync. Right. Uh, when new episodes downloaded, it, it would download to your computer and yeah. then you sync it to your iPod. Yeah. And I remember, um, I thought it was so cool, because uh, it, it was the first, really, the 64-gig the iPod was the first device that actually played videos. Mm. Um, you know, again, this is before right, smartphones. Yeah. Yep. Uh, man, how is that possible? This is right. before smartphones. I know. Ugh. So, like,
2: uh, my kids, we, we don't let our kids have smartphones. <laughs> um, we're, we're old, grumpy parents that way. Old curmudgeons. But yeah, but um, so our two oldest kids, we've gotten them iPod the but they're the every time i go to put music i'm like man i remember what, this was just what a pain <laughs> what a <laughs> so pain. much work <laughs> to have to to put music on that yeah. way but
1: um, but i thought it was so cool because it could actually play videos yep. and um uh at the time this is again in 2007ish when uh the tv show the office was you mm-hmm. know a smash success i think we were on season 2 or something like that Um and or season three, and so you could actually do a thing where you could, uh, essentially subscribe like you prepay like forty bucks or something, and forty bucks, uh, the day after the episode airs on NBC of The Office, it would then uh it would then be available for download Mm -hmm. on your computer. So so every uh, Friday Uh uh, because I think it aired on Thursdays and every Friday I would hook up my iPod <laughs> to the computer and I'd wait for it to sync to my iPod and then I'd have my iPod with me and, and I'd watch on this tiny little, like, I mean, I'm not <laughs> like joking, it it's like-, like a three it's inch. Like, no, not even like three, I think it was two, screen. yeah. It was yeah. a two inch screen. And I sit there with my earbuds and I'd watch on my little two inch screen. Yeah. I'd watch the episode all over again. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, what I was getting at was um, uh, we're at Red Robin And I was familiar with the concept of podcast because I had an iPod. Mm -hmm. And so on my iTunes thing, there was a place to subscribe to podcasts, though at the time I'd never even subscribed to a podcast. Mm. And you pitched me this idea about doing uh, a worship podcast for worship leaders and worship team members. Mm -hmm. And uh, 10 years ago, and the rest is history, I guess. Yeah
2: and and you know do you remember kind of what was why we why i wanted to do a podcast or why
1: yeah i mean the the big driving force was just because there weren't resources right. out there you know I, and i remember you know you've always been way more technological uh than me and and full disclosure if you're new to the podcast or even if you've joined us for a long time uh you need to know david Linder over here he literally does like 95 percent of all the work Uh, David, uh, he gets the recording stuff ready, he does the actual recording, he has the equipment, Uh, he does all the post-editing, he he, he, uh, then actually posts it on the website, all I do is show up. So, you know, uh, for for the record, I just want to say, David, I'm incredibly grateful for you uh, for 10 years driving this thing and oh, and you. leading it because uh, honestly if it was just me it never would have happened <laughs> um but anyway so david's always been a lot more technological than me uh, david's always been a lot more um uh, aware of technology and and you told me at that meeting at Red robin that you've been looking and looking for resources and podcasts and other things and you just couldn't find them mm-hmm. for uh, for worship leaders
2: yeah, and I think at the time there there had been some podcasts, and just like now if you go on iTunes and look at podcasts, there's a lot of podcasts where they've stopped recording episodes, like us. Like a, like if someone went to our podcast, <laughs> they'd be like, oh, I guess they're not recording episodes anymore. Yeah. Why are they even on here? But um, there were some, like I think Fred McKinnon had one for a while, and but he had stopped, and then some other guys did some for a short period of times, and then they'd stop, and, you know, uh, but... Uh, there was a tech church tech talk. I remember we talked a lot about over the years, but and they've stopped, you know. And so, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's just yeah, a resource for for worship leaders and, and worship team members. And um, yeah, it's it's easy to kind of get isolated in ministry. That's yeah. another thing that yep. it's easy to to get by yourself and. Yeah.
1: Um, In fact, David and I just today uh, we were both at a uh, pastors' lunch roundtable discussion mm-hmm. thing, and uh, I, I've only been to a couple of them, um, and you know the the couple that I've been to have been really helpful. Yeah. Uh, not only the topics, you know, t- today we were kind of having roundtable discussion about multi generational church. But, you know, also just getting to know other pastors and the fellowship and connecting and networking. Uh, Anyway, to your point, though, David, I I believe that one of the dangers in ministry is being isolated. One of the dangers in ministry is being alone or trying to do it yourself.
2: Especially if you're introverted, which it seems like there's like this massive rise of introverts, you know. Uh, but I'm a little more introverted. I'm not a naturally outgoing person. And and for a lot of the years, especially when things got hard or the more frustrated I got, the easier it was to
1: isolate. To kind of withdraw. Right. And, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and but now, like and actually, um, we're going to be talking about this here at our church in a few weeks, but in Luke 8, when Jesus uh, heals the demon-possessed man that, that uh, was breaking chains and just like ridiculously demon-possessed, you know? Crazy. Um, what, it, what it says was that the demon drove him off into isolated places. Hmm. As I thinking, you know, so, but that's. I mean, it's such a tactic of Satan, right, to get us off by ourselves, go alone, because because then you're because he works with ideas in isolation. I think those are two. If he can get you get you chewing on a wrong or mo, or partly wrong idea and it's get you kinda, by yourself, yeah. he wins, right? And then, yeah. and so that's just so much more why the community of Christ is so important. And so. That was one of the reasons why we didn't want to just, I, you know, I didn't want to just let the podcast go. There's still a need for community, but there's a need for community for people yeah. who are really in it day in, day out. And that's not really me anymore. So, yeah. No, yeah. and
1: and I think that's it. You know, in 10 years, our roles have shifted and changed. Uh, I think both David and I have a heart for ministry and for worship and, you know, worship music and worship team leaders and, and, and all of that. But, you know, certainly our, our roles have shifted mm-hmm. and you know, I kind of alluded to even now uh, at this point, 2019, I'm starting to look more into this idea of transitioning into a, a lead pastor role. And, you know, music will always be a part of my life, just like it is for right. you. But you know things change after ten years. Ten years. Ten years. And this
2: ten-year period, probably in all of American history, has had the most. I would say the (sighs) most
1: change, and that's what a lot of experts say. It's crazy. Yeah, going back to us. So ten years ago, I had an iPod, Mm -hmm. and that was the most technological advanced you know a uh, piece of gadgetry out there right and now i mean smartphones are so common mm-hmm. and you can do a million times more on a smartphone
2: and we've got alexa and devices oh. listening to our conversations all the time Dude, it's crazy so we got an alexa for <laughs> christmas
1: you? yeah and I'm like, how do I know that Amazon isn't like listening? Well, but it is listening mind. all the time. <laughs> they're always listening. They're always
2: listening. They have to listen because that's how it, you know, it has to the wake, listen the to wake hear word. that. Alexa. 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 But um, we don't have an Alexa. I refuse to get one. Oh, I might get big, one here in my office, but not at home. Big Brother. You, you don't want Big Brother no, listening you know, in. I know they're already <laughs> listening on my phone and computer anyway, so... <laughs> they should have plenty of information i don't need to help them yeah but so yeah so get... smartphones didn't exist i think the first iphone came out in 2007 i think something along those lines but um and ipads didn't exist at tablets. all tablets Tablets didn't were exist. Not, yeah. yeah um and you know we i didn't even i don't think even had a cell phone you know, I had one for a period before, but then I just stopped using it, so I stopped paying for it. <laughs> it?
1: But um, see, and that's how it used to be. Yeah. You're like, well, you know, I guess I'll just stop paying, you know, because it was cause, a flip phone, right? Right, the little <laughs> flip phones, and you know, it was like 20 bucks a month right? or something. Oh man, okay, yeah. you want to know a, Facebook didn't exist. I was literally opening my mouth, <laughs> you want to know what's really crazy, and I even remember this because I felt so stupid about it afterwards. One of our early episodes, mm-hmm. I mean probably in the teens, like right. thir- episode 13, 14, 15. Because um, I remember we were at Gateway uh, where where you used to be when, when we first started the uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. You were the worship pastor at Gateway. I remember this. And I remember um, we were talking, you know, oftentimes we we start our podcast with some like friendly talk and banter mm-hmm. or whatever. And I, 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 talk, I said something about uh, MySpace. <laughs> and I was talking about, yeah, you know, like on my, my, my MySpace page. And you made the comment. You're like MySpace. You're like no, the new thing is Facebook. Right. <laughs> and I'm like Face what? What? I never heard of right. Facebook before. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, again, you know, again, uh, give all the credit to David, who's always been uh, more technological and more advanced and more cutting edge than I am. So I was rocking Facebook, you know, and, and I remember I'm like, oh man, like Facebook's so cool. You got your top eight. Remember, you mm-hmm. got your top eight friends, mm-hmm. and. Or sorry, MySpace. MySpace yeah, yeah, sorry. My, You know, MySpace. You could have your top eight friends, and and it was your space. You could create it. You know, and I remember like digging into the HTML code and like changing the background on my MySpace. Right, yeah, and you could have like a music player playing. Yep. So when people went to your MySpace, a song would play.
2: Mm-hmm. And I had some of my songs up there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like I wrote these and recorded. Them. Yeah, and, and, it's my music on MySpace. And
1: I remember the the big thing was you um you know you had photo albums, but you could only put sixteen photos per <laughs> album, so they limited you to how many photos you mm-hmm. were allowed to have. Um and and then I remember there there was this big thing. Uh, It was right when the movie 300 came out, and they're like, we're now going to allow 300 photos per album. And that was just the greatest day. I just started uploading all (laughs) these photos. I'm like, oh, yeah, Myspace is so cool. So I thought Myspace was the cool thing, and I was... I was sold on. I was all in with MySpace. Never even heard of Facebook.
2: Well, I, even I, I was late to the game to Facebook. My wife was on oh, it long were before you? I was. Yeah, and so she was pressuring me for a long time. I oh, don't know. I don't. Man. But so that finally gave in. And
1: well, and I changed I was, everything. I was probably one of the last holdouts, man.
2: So it, you were before my other roommate in college from Indiana Wesleyan. No I way. remember talking to him on the phone. I was like probably. Four years ago, and he's, and still, he still, he's still saying, uh, I'm, I'm not convinced it's not the Antichrist <laughs> yet. So I just, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if, I if, if, and he might be right. If, might. <laughs> if you're a longtime listener, though, to the podcast in those early episodes, you know, the double digit episodes, even uh, the early 100 episodes, uh, you'll probably hear often talking about how I don't have Facebook. And, um, uh, you know, so at this point, everyone in the world has had switched from MySpace to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, I, I just dug my heels in. And finally, it was um, like my worship team members, people on my worship right. team that I was just trying to connect with. And I was having a hard time connecting with them. Uh, and they, they kept saying, well, gosh, Kevin, if you were on Facebook. Well,
2: I, I don't know if we did an episode or if I just wrote a blog Post I think about we did an it. episode. But I remember talking about yes. Facebook as a ministry tool. I think we yeah. did a whole episode because yeah.
1: it was after I finally caved in and I realized, hey, you know, there's some value of networking. There's some value of connections, mm-hmm. more accessibility. Right. Um, you know, obviously, there's downsides of Facebook, as with anything. Right, right? with anything, you can have pros and cons. Right, but, but yeah,
2: so Facebook didn't exist. Smartphones
1: um, didn't exist. Tablets didn't exist. Alexas and Listening devices. Yeah. Ten years, uh, music has also changed mm-hmm. a lot in ten years. Right. Um, I, I oh, the feel, whole worship industry has yeah. totally radically changed. Totally. Right. Yeah. I, f- I feel like, and and I don't know if I'm just being old, you know, fashioned or whatever, but I feel like, how do I say this? I feel like ten years ago worship was just a lot simpler, mm-hmm. and now. Uh, i mean if you're not playing with tracks and with in-ears and click and all that then you're right. irrelevant right and, and and we do that like mm-hmm. we do that at laurel yeah we do too um mm-hmm. you know and and we all have in-ears and just, we don't play with tracks every song um but we play with a click mm-hmm. like every song we have a click going yeah. in our ears and like this last sunday we did the song uh, living hope great great phil wickham song mm-hmm. uh, i'm absolutely in love with that song check it out if you don't know it um and and you know, we had a track playing with it that just had like a lot of the pads and like the electric guitar stuff in the background. Um, you know, not super not like super aggressive uh track, but um my point though is ten years ago we had floor monitors right. and I had a piano. Yeah. <laughs> and, well and that's and that's maybe And now like I use I use keyboard almost exclusively. Yeah. I hardly ever use yeah. piano again. Uh yeah, yeah me I mean, too. If like, I play
2: it still I'm using my I'm using main stage and Yeah. Yeah. But um you know, and maybe we can talk about this for a few minutes. But you know, I, some of what, some of the uh, theoretical wrestling I'm doing at our church because we're a smaller church. Um, but all I've and I just had this realization like two weeks ago. All I've ever known as a worship leader is like 200 plus member. You know, you know, 200 plus people in the congregation doing worship. Hmm. Um, even you know, growing up, our church was 150, 200, um, and so, I, and you know, Multnomah. And you know, when I led worship at Multnomah, when you led worship, I mean, there's a couple yeah. hundred there, right? Yeah, uh, you
1: know. yeah. Chapels, chapels were big.
2: Right. Which is, you know, the, the the total total side note, but like, you know, they only have to do like. Eight chapels, like a year, right? For the whole year, yeah. Like you couldn't miss eight. If you missed more no. than eight, when we were there, you had to go make them up. Yeah, right? I think
1: I think uh, when we were at Multnomah, you were allowed to miss five chapels. Okay, five. for the entire semester. Semester, yeah. And and they had chapel every single day except for Tuesday, I think. Yeah, um, that's
2: another way things have changed. Yeah, the now they just have chapel like
1: <laughs> once a week. I don't know. And you only have to go to a couple. Yeah, anyway, yeah. whatever. But um. <laughs> That's a side note. Other things that have changed in 10
2: years. But just so like, and so all I've known is kind of larger auditorium, larger audience, larger congregation worship. That's all. And so it's basically been our approach here, but um, you know, I'm kind of, evaluating that thinking mm. through that a little bit like okay so like is that the right model yeah, for your should, church is that what we should be doing yeah huh interesting because you know there's there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect in worship and I'm wondering if it's because we're we're doing something that's kind of inauthentic for mm. for who we are right mm mm-hmm. mhm um, and and so, you know, I just I want to throw that out there, and specifically talk about about tracks because I don't have a problem with using tracks, and I've probably sure. made lots of arguments for them, and I think you can you know, use them well and click track and excellence and all of that stuff. But, but it, it kind of the other thing I was talking about, you know, like, are, is that the pursuit, hmm. or is leading our people in worship the pursuit, right?
1: And, and that's what I'm getting at. In ten years since we've been doing this podcast, things have changed in terms of. Um, for lack of better words, it was just a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. Like ten years ago, you have a piano, you have a floor monitor. Um, I mean, we didn't even mic our drums, man. For like the longest time mm-hmm. at Laurel, we didn't mic our drums. Right. Uh, we just had them right there on stage, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, if it was too loud, we told the drummer to play softer. Right. <laughs> you know, um, it was simpler, and 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 I think what you're saying is a is a valid point. Where in in ten years of us doing this podcast uh, we've gone from this kind of simple method to like, okay, you know, we got to have in-ears and we got to have tracks and we got to have clicks and Mm -hmm. we got to, uh, you know, all play very polished. And, and, but a lot of that's because that's everything we see, right? Like Mm -hmm. every Bethel album, every Hillsong album, uh, is, you know, this giant, uh, you know, stadium rock anthem type of of, of thing where they're, you know, playing in front of 20,000 people and
2: I have to like if you, if if I never say anything else on this podcast, okay, hear this. Watch out, people who are listening. Watch out, because I've like I've compared our churches to Hillsong, you know, especially when Hillsong United was the big thing, and and there's still there's a current comparison between you know your church and probably Bethel now because they're the big thing, right? But but it's not a it's not a fair comparison because for one, like Bethel everyone who's who's at bethel has migrated like has has like done their what is that? not nirvana but um mecca Oh, like, they're pilgr- like, Yeah, it's like a pilgrimage to mecca yeah. so they're all like super passionate about worship so that's their whole church yeah. right yeah. same thing with hillsong concerts yeah. like all the people that go to a hillsong concert and then you go there it's all worship people who are passionate about the worship yeah. so the whole odd, you know the whole Everyone, Coliseum everyone is just raising hands and everyone down is just on their engaged, knees and yeah. like doing
1: all this stuff because everyone comes there for a purpose. Right. It yeah, reminds but that's me not what your church is like. No, it, so it reminds don't me of like, like Easter, right? Like, I, I, I wish I could bottle, uh, you know, years ago. I think we might have even podcasted about it. I, you know, just bottling the energy and the enthusiasm and the mm-hmm. joy and the celebration of Easter, right? Because, man, we have our Easter services, and I mean, you know, it's just like. It is just exciting and engaging and the place is packed and people are just like, you know, I mean, not necessarily on their knees weeping, but it's like a celebration. Mm-hmm. I mean and people are just like like cheering and clapping and um what I what I've come to realize is exactly what you said. When people show up to Easter, uh, at, at least the the you know the the faithful people of right. your church. Of course, mm-hmm. you always get the outliers who only show up you know Christmas, uh, and Christmas and Easter, but you know uh, the the majority of people, seventy percent of the people who are there on Easter, are there because it's Easter. And they're excited, and they're pumped, and you've been kind of leading up to it. But the other 51 weeks out of the year, you know, you, you get you get the people that, like, okay, you know, I'm coming to church, and, oh, I don't have anything going on this weekend or, or whatever. And I've just lear- I've learned, I've realized that just like with a Hillsong concert or, or Bethel concert, um, you're not going to get the same enthusiasm and reaction on a typical Sunday. And that's okay. Right. That's okay, right?
2: Because that's not your job.
1: That's not yeah. Your, your not job. Your pump- job is to
2: shepherd them into a deeper level of worship,
1: not yeah. not to not to recreate something. And that's that Paul Balash thing like your job's not to you know kick down the door, bust it down you know get the crunchy guitar and like you know get everyone pumped mm-hmm. y- your job is to you know he talked about the uh, you know being the the priest like the uh, the the roles of a worship leader the pastor mm-hmm. and the priest and the uh, prophets that's the other one mm-hmm. uh, you know to to have these different roles which all revolve around right. shepherding.
2: Yeah, and so so I would say that's and that was some mistakes that I've made over the last ten years was yeah. chasing those things, chasing mm-hmm. those ideals, and measuring myself or my ability against them, and whether I'm succeeding or failing based on whether or not we're recreating those environments. And unfortunately, though, also, and this would probably the last thing we should talk about because we'll be out of time, but um, the church has changed around that idea too, mm-hmm. and and you know where I got fired from a job for not being enough like Chris Tomlin, you know, <laughs> not being, um, you know, the, uh, the kind of worship leader personality that can attract a crowd essentially. Yeah. Um, but I, that was never my intent or my desire. I was trying to build a worship ministry where we we're equipping volunteers and lay, lay ministers to do the worship ministry, you know, and that was, uh, so it's totally different, different mindset. Um, but uh, the churches, the churches shifted, and I and I and I don't know if we're partly to blame. Not like mm. not like just you and me specifically, but worship ideals in this. You know, oh, we have to be relevant. Push where we've lost a lot of the root of our of our faith. Right, mm. a lot of the root of our of our historic faith, and. Um, and just look at how the church has changed in the last 10 years especially here in the northwest where we are i mean consumeristic uh, the consumeristic approach to church in the northwest is off the charts yeah i mean church hopping and shopping yeah what's I mean, in it for me yeah it's just i i come and get what i want and then if you if if i'm not getting that or if i just kind of lose the fire or lose the i'm going to go find somewhere else it's yeah. just i mean and and i think that at least in part has to be on our shoulders as, as worship mm. and, and our approach to trying to pursue relevance. Right. Because I was a lot of the and myself made the arguments and I was wrong. I think mm. the, you know, championing the cause we have to be relevant. We have to be relevant. But what did we lose in the process?
1: It's that pendulum swing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can try to be so relevant that you lose authenticity, mm-hmm. uh, which I think now is something that people are, are wanting so
2: you know what's always authentic people actually worshiping
1: yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i mean if if you're pursuing
2: bethel but your people aren't aren't bethel people they're they're maranatha people yeah but if you if you're but if you're doing i mean people are really passionately worshiping maranatha you know bill gaith or whatever and people come into that. I think people will still be drawn to that.
1: Yeah, I've said it before. Uh, your role as a worship leader is to know the DNA of your church, mm-hmm. uh, to understand the DNA of your people, and then to point them to Christ. Um, which we, yeah, we should say some of these good thoughts yeah. for our, our. Which means it does, our doesn't mean we office, don't lead.
2: So. We're not moving forward, but. But it's, we have to, our role is shepherding our, our people. Yeah. Not yeah. trying to make our people look like other people.
1: Yeah. So we're planning for our 200th episode to, uh, to leave you all with some kind of parting words of wisdom. Yeah. That's a good one. We, so, we, so we we'll, got to make sure to share yeah. that on our 200th episode.
2: <laughs> so, um, that's a, probably about all the time we have. Yeah. So, we're... um, yeah. So Joe Brookhouse is coming, coming soon. And, um, uh, episode 201 will be joe new a uh, whole new direction there whole and so really really excited that that uh, he's wanting to take that on and uh that that this that this podcast will live live in another generation there you and, go um, but that's all the time we have for this episode you can find us online www.wo ministrycast.com facebook.com wmcatalyst,
1: twitter.com slash Wm catalyst.
2: No, Facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst, Twitter.com slash WM catalyst. It's been way too long. I know, it has. Um, you can still call if you want. 360 818 4339. Yeah. Um, and actually, I have a phone and that number's on my phone. So if you want to call, you'll actually talk to me at my desk. So. <laughs> you can just
1: call. <laughs> hey, David. What do you have to today? Yeah.
2: Um and and actually ironically our last season I had we had some people starting to call and just chat which was kind of fun oh really? yeah <laughs> someone from Indiana and that's fun but um you can still send an email to uh, sure. David at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com dot or... com or
1: Kevin at worship ministry although you know honestly uh all I get is spam from that email I was gonna ask you pretty soon to <laughs> shut it down because I'm tired again yeah. I get so much spam on that on that Kevin oh, okay. or uh, Kevin at worship ministry catalyst. yeah.
2: I've got mine running through a Gmail account, so it filters most of the Oh, lucky you. Yeah, so I forward it to a Gmail account instead of just a regular email account. Smart. But... um, Apparently, my filter's not as good. (laughs) So... But yeah, you know we would love to hear from you. Um, but more importantly, don't stop listening, uh, especially if you're a new, younger worship leader and you need <laughs> a, a resource, you need some community. Go back and listen to the other 197 episodes. There's a lot of great content there to help you on your journey. And keep listening and tell other people to come and listen. Hey, it's there's there's this old podcast with a new with a new host and come listen to it with me and let's talk about it. Yep. So uh,
1: old podcast, new direction. Yeah. 201 coming at you.
2: All right. So. That's all the time we have for this episode. We'll talk to you again later. Bye.
0: Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst.